Back at it once again on a Thursday. Once again, th- Thursday edition of the Sunday Morning Grind podcast. Josh Taylor, Greg Finley. This is episode number 60, officially episode number 60, otherwise known as Greg. The Greg Warren episode. Greg Warren episode. I like this one. I mean, you think 60, you got to think long snapper. <laughs> exactly. That, that is a long snapper or offensive lineman number. Correct. <laughs> Pretty much what it is. Or like a spring training second baseman. That's probably going to spend oh the season in double A. That's pretty much it. That's what it is. That's like Chase Darnode. Remember Chase Darnode? Yes. He wore like 62. Yes. That's like when you're late season call up and they don't want to give you a real jersey number, they give you 60. That's what they do. Or if you're a Yankee rookie, they give you 60. Because <laughs> like half of the numbers between 1 and 35 are retired. Retired and then like good players have the rest. <laughs> exactly. Like dudes that are on the 25 man roster have the other numbers that aren't retired yet. It's like, eh, you can wear 60. It's all, yeah. no big deal. That's <laughs> what it is. There's like 35 numbers between 1 and 60 that are retired, and the other 25 are on the active roster. That's it. Yeah, that's fair. And Mariano Rivera screwed it up by having 42 retired, too. <laughs> like, there you go. But no, it's it's this will be fun because we have a lot to get to. We got to talk about the end of the regular season for the Steelers. We got to talk about the fact that this team was really within striking distance of the playoffs. Like, mm. they were actually... Like, it was down to a last-second field goal where they could have been there. This is that crazy. From where they were at the bye week. At 2-6. and six. At 2-6. and six, <laughs> To finish the season at 9-8 and eight and be a Miami field goal away from making the playoffs. Like, this is just absolutely nuts. In a game, by the way, in a game of third-string quarterbacks who both wore the number 19. Just what? It makes no sense. But that's what happened. Then we got to get to... The upcoming offseason, what happens with the Steelers? What, what's already going down with the Steelers? We've got to discuss, discuss some of the crazy stuff that's already happening. Then we got to get to the college football playoff. And, oh, my God, so much blood. <laughs> what? Greg? So much blood. Greg, you, you've heard me call this team the Roman Reigns of college football for about a year and a half now. I didn't think they could do that. Even I didn't think that they would win by 58 points. It was a sea of red from the very beginning of the game. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, wh- wow. We, so, we got to talk about Georgia just absolutely destroying TCU. They, and they why took, I, Oh, go ahead. They took Kevin O'Shea's, we kick off, we take it from you, then shove it down your throat, <laughs> to the next level. Absolute next level. That was <laughs> S-tier level beatdown. Like, did they, did they have the ball once where they didn't score? I think they punted one time. <laughs> Every other time they or, hit the ball, and they, they, kicked, they kicked a field goal, but that counts as scoring. Right. But yeah, I think they punted one time, and it was when the game was way out of hand. <laughs> like they scored like their first eight or nine possessions. Like how is this possible? It, it's not even fair what they did. It's really insane. But we'll get into that. We also have to get into how, for the second year in a row, I did the absolute stupidest thing, in full knowledge of the fact that the Roman Reigns of college football was playing in the national championship game. We'll discuss. I'll, I'll flog myself for a couple minutes when we do that. And I got to flog myself with the whole Carlos Correa thing. Oh, my God. I, I don't even think you need to flog yourself. I don't think you've done anything wrong. The only thing you've done wrong is being a Mets fan. Oh, I was just excited whenever it happened, and I actually thought it was going to happen. I said Christmas came early. Oh, not you re- did say that. Yeah, not that's realizing true. that the physical would go the way that it did yet again. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we got we to gotta try to break that up and make sure we understand why this is happening the way it is because none of it makes sense. And then we got hot sheet because it's the NFL playoffs edition for the hot sheet. No more college football, which is, you know, bummer, but okay. At least we still have NFL hot sheet. We still have NFL hot sheet. Once NFL ends, that's when we hit like Canadian football hot sheet. That is when we are (laughs) renewing our partnership with our friends up in Canada. I, I have to take this a little bit more seriously now because since I have a family member who plays in the CFL, it's a little bit different. We got to get them on the show. <laughs> I, 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 I might, be able to, might be able to arrange that. Maybe we get my cousin on the phone. Ricky Walker, defensive lineman from Winnipeg, who played in the Grey Cup. And I want to say he was on the field for that last drive where Toronto won it. Mm. And he came like he came within like pretty much a hand swipe of getting to the quarterback. And the kid stepped out of the pocket at the last second. Wow. And he ran. I'm like, oh. I had never been that emotionally invested in a, in a Grey Cup game before, much less any CFL game that didn't involve Bear Woods, the grinder <laughs> legend. 
But like this was the most emotionally invested I'd ever been in a Grey Cup because I'm like, oh my god, my cousin can win a CFL championship. He can win a Grey Cup, and it didn't happen. But all the same, that was a fun game. But yeah, we might be back to golfer or CFL player territory. Those were good times. <laughs> and we're bringing back our "Is This a Thing?" The special. return of "Is This a Thing?" And there's so many things that we will probably be able to discuss in the near future that we'll be able to decipher whether or not it's a thing. We need to get Jamie on here too. We should get Jamie Baker. We should spin the wheel of drama one more last time. There's going to be there, tons of drama. There the will Steelers. be occasions <laughs> to spin the Steelers' wheel of drama, and we could definitely do that one more last time. Definitely. Did you see my tweet at her the other day? Whenever she posted a gif of like freaking out, and I said, "Whenever it's time to spin the wheel of drama again." <laughs> oh my god, that was great! And, and the the best part about it was, I'm like, "When to spin, spin the wheel of drama," she's like, oh, "I love to spin the wheel of drama." She was so into it. I don't know; it's different now. Like Jamie went and moved. Was she? She still lives in Pittsburgh, but she like went and started working for another station, and now she's like a big old fancy news anchor now. Right. Like, you know, she's got her face on billboards she's and stuff. Than us. Yeah. <laughs> she's super popular in Wheeling and Superville. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. No, but we're happy for her, though. Absolutely. Jamie's awesome. Friend of the show. Absolute friend of the show. Are you ready? I let's, think so. Let's do this. Uh, let's, let's go. By the way, before we get started, the Sunday Morning Grind podcast is brought to you by Ethos Life. We keep forgetting to yeah, do that. Yeah, we do. So let's, <laughs> let's remember that. It's because we're more focused on the name of the episode and the number, and then we just go. We get so excited <laughs> about the name and the ep- the number of the episode that we forget that we should mention the sponsor. It's kind of weird. But hey, that's you okay. You can always edit it in post, too. <laughs> this is true. This is true. It's the miracle of tape. But we forget that part, too. That's yeah. what makes it worse. Yeah. I'm glad I'm glad you did that. Yeah, me too. I didn't even think of that. Um. Okay. So, last week. Yes. I hate the fact that, you know, I had my hopes up that the Jets would actually pull through because it was Skylar Thompson for the Dolphins. So in my heart, every time the Jets got the ball inside the 30, which happened a good bit in that game. Happened a good bit. I thought, okay, they're going to get points here, and they're going to take the lead. Their defense is good enough to stop Skylar Thompson, and they should be able to win this game. And they were good enough to stop Skylar Thompson. They didn't let him get even within striking distance of the end zone. Right. The defense did their job. But Joe Flacco— You hold a team to nine points, you're expected to win. But Joe Flacco couldn't do anything to help the team score, and they missed a field goal on the opening drive. Correction, the ghost of Joe Flacco. Yeah, the ghost of Joe Flacco. (laughs) We we were actually talking about this because I I got to—this is a rare occasion for me. Uh, last week, or after the Steelers and Browns game, I got to actually like be a part of the extra point show, right? With Bob Pompiani, so we're watching the game at at KDKA while it's happening, and Bob's asking me, he goes, because he had one of the monitors with the Jets and the Dolphins. He goes, "Has there ever been a game that had two third string quarterbacks who both wore the number 19? And I'm like, "I don't know." And we're like, <laughs> we were really racking our brains, and we're like, "Has there ever been a game just with two guys who wore the number 19?" Because we couldn't think of it. There aren't many quarterbacks that wore 19. No, there aren't many 19 quarterbacks, and like, I can only think of like two, and one of them was. Um, Did Testaverde wear 19 or was he 18? I think he was 18, but um, my th- my mind went immediately to Joe Montana in Kansas City. He mm, wore 19 in Kansas that's City. That's right. And then I thought about Scott Mitchell. When he was in Detroit, because okay. he, he backed up. See, the, who was it the backup for? That's going to bother me. But Scott Mitchell was a backup quarterback in Detroit. He ends up going to Miami, leaves Detroit, becomes a starter in Miami, and is absolutely not starting quarterback material when he went to Miami in the <laughs> 90s. But he was a backup in, in Detroit. And he so that would have been in the 90s. That would have been in the 90s. All right, let's look at like 1997. That was actually, I think, 97 was Charlie Batch's rookie year. So you're thinking before Batch? It was before Batch, because I want to say he was in, I want to say he was in Miami in uh, in 93, I think his first season in Miami was. He started all the games in 95. For Miami? For the Lions. Oh, for the Lions. Okay, maybe he went to Miami after, like after 95. I didn't realize that. He was with, no, he was with Miami from 91 to 93, and oh. then he went to Detroit. Is that what you said, or did you say the other way around? I thought he went to Detroit. I thought he went to Detroit after Miami. I didn't realize he started his career in Miami. Wow. Started his career in Miami, went to Detroit, went to Baltimore and Cincinnati. Wow. There you go. So he was the starter in Detroit right before Charlie Batch. That is correct. Because Batch's rookie year was 98. 
Yeah, and uh, he only Mitchell only started two games in '98. All right, that now is that, we've hit that, that is loophole. insane. Or <laughs> that rabbit hole. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was a definite rabbit hole. <laughs> Not every day you sit here and try to figure out Lions quarterback that used to play in Miami. Come to think of it, he was Dan Marino's backup in Miami. Then he went to Detroit. Ah, okay, that's okay. what it was. There it is. That's why I couldn't figure it out. Okay, that makes more sense. So yeah, they're, like I'm watching this game, I'm thinking. The Jets are doing everything that they should be to win this game. Yes, they at missed, least defensively. Yeah, defensively. They missed the field goal. But I'm watching GameCast, and they're and I'm texting you. They're driving. They're driving. But they continue to just not score. And then that final drive for Miami, that horse collar tackle was brutal. Oh, yeah. It was a clean tackle. They call a horse collar, and it gave Miami new set of downs. They get into field goal range. They bury a 50-yarder. And they and they move on. The, the the thing that really upset me though was that all week long I'm saying to myself, yeah, I don't care if it's Joe Flacco or not. The Jets should be able to beat this team, and it was about as sloppy of a game as you could have asked for. Meanwhile, Buffalo is doing their job against the Patriots, opening kickoff return for a touchdown. Can we talk <laughs> about just how ridiculous that was? Emotional. And like, it was three years and three months to the day, which is the number that DeMar Hamlin wore. Like, Josh Allen started crying when he heard that stat. That's insane. Wait, it was what to the day? Three years and three months. To the day of what? The last time they had a kick return for a touchdown. Oh, come on. <laughs> I didn't even hear that. That's insane. I know. <laughs> come on. Josh Allen was like, that's how I know that there's a God. Like, that doesn't just happen. I'm telling you, man, God help the team that faces Buffalo. Yeah. I, I don't I do not want to face Buffalo in the playoffs. I don't. Like they Oh, Miami's getting slaughtered. There's there's too much going their way right now. There's too much that they're playing for. But it, it was nuts because we were watching it happen. Cause we had I mean, in the, the setup we had at the TV station, we had one big TV on the Steeler game, one on the Jets and the Dolphins, and another on Red Zone. Mm-hmm. So it was showing like clips of different games and stuff, and it showed Buffalo. It showed Buffalo playing against New England. And they show the opening kickoff being run back. And when they zoom out, like they show a replay, they zoom out, you can see people in the crowd just losing their minds. And I'm like, that place probably could have, like, got up and walked away. That's how much it was moving. I I imagine that place was rocking so much it could have got up and left. Because people had to be going nuts. Correct. And you could hear the sound, and it was just like, and like it was like the sound escalated and never came back down. That's how loud it was. And then the crazier part is he did it again. In he the did it again. <laughs> Naeem Hines, man. Like they even figured out what to do with their kick returner situation in Buffalo. It's crazy. And they traded for him. And they traded they for traded him. They traded for that guy. I'm sure Buffalo fans are like, thank you, Indianapolis. But it just you you wrap your mind around that. You're like the opening kickoff, the first time they're back on the field and they're at home in front of their own fans, and DeMar Hamlin is actually conscious and watching. Right. And that's what happens. Insane. That's absolutely ridiculous. You couldn't put that in a movie and make it make sense. Correct. Unreal. <laughs> Just, it, it was, like, you 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 don't have many moments where, like, you actually, like, almost can see yourself there and imagining what's happening and you get goosebumps. That's one of those moments. Ridiculous. And I mean, when he jumped into the, the, the crowd, I mean, they were oh just my God. embracing him and losing their minds. It was it was nuts, man. That was one of the most cathartic moments in sports I've ever seen. It was absolutely incredible. And then New England actually made it a game, and I'm like, are the Patriots really doing this right, right now? They love, they, but they love to do that. They've done it all season. They'd be down like two possessions. And here comes the comeback, and I'm like, here we go. And they, they make the game interesting, and then they find a way to lose. And then Mac but, throw a pick, and that was the that was ball game. That that is Patriots one hundred and one. <laughs> Fall behind, make a comeback, find a way to lose. It it was it really did fit the profile. Yeah, it did. But this is one of those times you didn't really care that it was Patriots one hundred and one, right? Because you got to win a Buffalo to win the game, just for the emotional aspect of it, and and for the Steelers, <laughs> and for the Steelers. There's that too. Then then the Steelers game. Uh I, I enjoyed seeing them get to Deshaun Watson as much as they did. They they brought the blitz. They got to him. TJ and Cam were feasting he on managed, that offensive line. He managed to get out a lot of times. He did. So he, he avoided did. a lot of tackles. 
But that's part of what made his game so unique, makes his game so unique is the fact that, you know, he's athletic enough and he's strong enough. He can actually shed some tacklers and, and, and avoid getting sacked on the first try. It might take multiple dudes to bring him down. It, it's not exactly the Ben Roethlisberger aspect, but it's pretty damn close. Mm-hmm. Really, really close. And then Kenny looked good again. Kenny Pickett continues to do, and it, it, here's what bothers me. Kenny Pickett continues to do the job I think they expect him to, which given the fact that he's a rookie quarterback and they put a lot of responsibility on him to try to win games against this kind of level of talent as a rookie quarterback, but the more they give him to do, he excels at it. And it's like, okay, well, let's see if he does this. Let's see if he does this. And it was what? Since the bye week was like three or four times, he led a game-winning or like fourth quarter comeback drive, did it against Indianapolis, did it against, did it, did it against the Ravers, did it against Baltimore. It's just like, how many times is he going to do this? Because he just kept managing to get things right. Even in the game against Atlanta, where all he had to do was just finish the game out and not blow it. He did that against the Falcons, yep. which is what he couldn't do before the bye week because he, he made the wrong choice. He made the wrong decision. He made the wrong decision against the Jets. Made the wrong decision against the Dolphins. But to his credit, he learned from it and made better impulsive moves when put back in that position again. I think that's why Mike Tomlin's like, look, if you got to run the ball to move the ball, then run it. And they would do that. And they got good at running the football. And the defense kept the game close. It's like, okay, our offense might not have been able to get it done the first time around or the second time around or pretty much the subsequent drives after that. But you get it done here when the game's on the line, win's still a win. And they were able to do it when the game was on the line. That was the more important part. And the fact that he was able to do that over and over again repeatedly in a bunch of one-possession games, because this team played in a lot of them. But to come down the stretch where all but two of your games were decided by one possession and he continued to play as well as he did, I thought that said a lot for him as a quarterback and how much he's developed and how well he's really been able to figure things out. And not to mention the fact that the running game's gotten better and the offensive line has improved. All those things all kind of culminated at the same time and they put together their second best offensive output of the season. They scored 28 points. So it's like, you know, and they they did it in a game they needed to win. And that's the one thing that kind of gets lost in the shuffle. They knew their last three or four games they were going to have to win them in order to get in the playoffs. And they went out and did it. That There's something that has to be said for that. I mean, you can give me the whole, oh, where they're playing bad teams. Folks, two-thirds of this league is bad. Two-thirds of this league probably should not be in this league. And there's a couple of playoff teams that probably shouldn't be in the playoffs because this league is that bad. But here we are. And it's like, you have to play the teams in front of you. We've said this before. It's not like you can go back through the drive-thru and give it back. I'm not playing this game. You forgot my fries. You can't do that in the NFL. You got to play your schedule. The schedule makers make the schedule long ahead before they know who's going to be bad. It's not like they decided it the week of, oh, you know what, let's just play Houston. Because if that's the case, everybody would want to play Houston. <laughs> everybody except the rest of the AFC South, because never we never really know who in the AFC South can beat Houston. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> can we go to the Colts now, since we're on that note? Yeah, we can. <laughs> oh, my God. The I Colts mean, are so bad that Houston was even able to beat them and screw themselves out of the number one overall I pick. I mean, did you see... Did you see the fourth and 20? <laughs> I heard the radio replay of the fourth and 20. He threw a jump ball. The, <sighs> the cornerback was just there. Goes up for it and it goes right through his hands. I mean. Incredible. You couldn't script that any better. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. I'm, and, I'm sitting there going, how is this possible? And I'm thinking, okay, like there's no way they're kicking the extra point. They're going to go for two. And if they want to make it look like they tried – you know, he can roll out and throw an incomplete pass and they lose and they get the number one pick. Right. Or they legitimately are going to try and win the game. And they went out and won the game. They went out and won the game. Good for Houston. And Lovey Smith got fired immediately after. I think they knew he was going to get oh, fired. Oh, yeah, he knew he was getting fired. He's like, I know I'm done after this, so let's go win the game. I think that team knew he was getting fired. They're like, screw it. We'll play for him. Yeah. And good on them. Good on them and good for Lovey Smith. If that's the case. This is such a joke. Oh, my God. <laughs> and that job is open. I, I we, we can talk about this later, but I can't help but wonder if there's a guy who's already earmarked for that job. I, it just, I can't help but wonder if who it's already decided. there, though? I mean, it is bad. Perhaps a guy who used to play there and a guy who hasn't won a Super Bowl yet, and that's really been the one thing that's plagued him as far as criticism of him is that he's never won a game that's been for a championship. Wait a minute. 
I oh, come on. This is, this is an easy one. He's never won a Super Bowl. Never won a Super Bowl. He's been to a Super Bowl, but he lost to his own brother. Came winning the college football playoff. Oh, Harbaugh. It's Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. It it is everything to me, like the tea leaves are just I forgot about him. The tea leaves are just laid out that. in his direction. Yeah. And you know, you know Jim Ursay is going to do everything he can to try to get Jim Harbaugh. You know it as well as I do. Even though it's not gonna do anything though. <laughs> Like not right now, but they that still doesn't have Matt Ryan and Sam Ellinger at quarterback. It, it doesn't mean that they can't try to pull. They can't. It, they can't try to build for later. Now the question is, I'm trying to remember. Did the Colts the Colts traded their picks to get Matt Ryan, or did they not? No, I don't think that's true. I no. think I think they have the number. I think they have a first round pick. They still have a first round pick. Yes. Who am I thinking about? That. Oh, you know who I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about the Broncos, who traded away the first-round pick to get <laughs> Russell Wilson. That's who I'm thinking about. Correct. That's the team that screwed themselves. Correct. But it, Indianapolis has an opportunity to at least try to rebuild that franchise. The Colts get the number four pick. They get number four. Okay. There's a chance they get a quarterback. If you're I – mean, the, the, if the Bears don't trade their pick, they're taking Will Anderson. Yes. Then Houston probably takes either C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. Yes. The Cardinals don't need a quarterback. No. So then the Colts would either get C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. That's a possibility, Or Will yes. Levis, but I don't want Will Levis. In if Will Levis goes in the top five, I give up. Yeah. I give up on the draft. I, I think that's a terrible pick. He couldn't even beat out freaking, what's his face? Christian Hackenberg. No. No. Uh, he's played in the Rose Bowl. Sean Clifford. Thank you. He couldn't even beat out Sean Clifford. <laughs> I think he's going to go number four in the draft like this? No. No. That makes no sense to me. Maybe Indy trades up with the Bears and they get Bryce Young, but then the Bears don't get Will Anderson, and they probably want him. I mean, they can still get Will Anderson. Or they can take Jalen Carter at four. Is <laughs> that a be loss? There too. Is that that big of a loss to no. get Jalen Carter instead of Will Anderson? No, it's not. <laughs> Jalen Carter is my, okay, if I could get a genie out of a bottle and one of my three wishes, it would be Jalen Carter to the Steelers in the first round of the draft. That would be my wish for the genie. That's what I would want. You know me. I wanted Jordan Davis last year. Correct. And if I can't get J- uh, Jalen Carter, give me the one tackle, like the huge tackle for Georgia. I can't remember his name. Give me that guy. I'll take that. I'll happily take that guy. <laughs> uh, I want all the Georgia players. Yeah, I I'll want take all. anybody that plays at Georgia, please. <laughs> I was like, people were excited about getting George Pickens because of how good he was. I was just glad because he went to Georgia. I'm like, we got a guy from the Roman Reigns of college football on this team. This is going to be fantastic. That's all I wanted. And fantastic it was. Fantastic it was, and fantastic it continues to be. And he's only going to get better. Yeah, exactly. Um, finally, with the the weekend. Yes. How about the drama in Seattle and then the drama in Lambeau? Like, oh my God, the Seahawks are in a dogfight with the Rams. Baker Mayfield's trying to play for his career. The Seahawks miss a chip shot and go to overtime. It's like, oh my gosh! Like, are you kidding me? Are they gonna lose this game to Baker? And then Baker throws a pick. <laughs> yep, Baker, Baker, Baker's it. He definitely Bakered it. Seattle, Geno hits a big run, a big gainer. They get in a field goal range, ball game. The Lions are devastated, but we all knew they were still gonna play like it was for the playoffs because they could play spoiler against Green Bay. And you that's and when you're in that position against a division opponent, you're going to take it seriously. They you're had not nothing to lose in that game. And they had a chance to finish the season with a winning record. Yeah, and they with wanted Dan to Campbell. do that. And they wanted to do that bad. And they wanted to do that for him. We can say what we want. We can say what we want about Detroit as as much as I call them the fighting kneecap biters because of what Dan Campbell said in his opening press conference hey, like when works. he first got introduced. <laughs> I could say what I want, but they play for that man. They play for Dan Campbell. They do. And, and like, you hear people say, well, who cares? Like, we're supposed to play for Dan Campbell. That's not what I'm saying. Of course you're supposed to go out and play. That's your job. But I'm talking about playing for that guy because you want to go out and give everything for that guy. That's how Detroit is for Dan with Dan Campbell. They will run through walls for him if he asks them to. That team is really – it's fun to watch in that regard. Also, I think their, their offense with Ben Johnson is a lot of fun. To watch because of the things they do in Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, you love that guy. You know, you know, I love the St. Brown family as a whole. Like, I'm a big fan of the St. Brown family. Right. They're, they're one of the most fascinating football families I've ever seen. Oh, they are. 
Like they're they're fantastic. They're just like kids that are mutant football players, and they're really smart, and they went to crazy good schools. <laughs> it's just like how is this possible? Like one went to Notre Dame, one went to Stanford. Where did the third one go? Equinemius went to Notre Dame. USC, right? Amon Ra went to went to Stanford, or did Amon Ra go to USC? Yeah. Who went to? One of them went to Stanford. Oh, who was the one that went to Stanford? That's gonna bother me now. Hang on. <laughs> Notre Dame was Equinemius. Which is a great name. Amon Ra was USC. And uh, who's the other one? There's a third St. Amon Ra. Or no, uh, Osiris? Oh, Osiris St. Brown. Osiris. Osiris. That's the third one. Yeah, because Amon Ra and Osiris are both names of Egyptian gods. I should have remembered that. There you go. Yeah, the St. Brown boys. And he goes to Stanford. He's still at Stanford. I think so. Wow. No, wow. 2020 was his last year. Oh, okay. I don't think he's playing anymore. That's a shame. Hey, they got two in the NFL. Two in the NFL is good, but they should have all three. All if right, they had all three, they'd be more fun than the Watts. Now that we've gone way off to, uh, way, way out oh, yeah. there. <laughs> Anytime we get a chance to talk about the same Brown family, you know I'm going to jump at it, like clearly. But yeah, like nobody thought the Lions were going to win that game at Lambeau. No, not And the at all. way that they did it, Aaron Rodgers throws a pick. To the same guy he's been throwing picks to all season against the Lions. Literally three interceptions to the same that guy. That guy owns Aaron Rodgers. Kirby Johnson, <laughs> or Kobe, Kirby Joseph. Yes. Is Aaron Rodgers Chris Snyder. He is. Because <laughs> Chris Snyder owns Clayton Kershaw, and Kirby Joseph owns Aaron Rodgers. And then you Insane. had, and then you had uh, Jamal Williams just torch his old team. <laughs> Former Green Bay Packer comes back to Lambeau and plays well. I thought that was awesome. I thought it was pretty cool after the game. Jamal Williams he talked about what he because they asked him what did you say to Aaron Rodgers, and he said I just wanted to thank him for teaching me how to be a professional. I'm like I spent the first four years of my career here, loved playing with him. He showed me like this is how you do this, this is how you do that, this is how you you know go about it, this is how you do your work. He said I just wanted to thank him for that. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I thought that was a super classy move for Jamal Williams. I agree. All right. I will leave the floor to you now about what <laughs> happened on Monday night. Oh, my God, the college football playoff. First of all, first of all, I don't think either of us, as much as we knew that Georgia was probably going to win this thing from the door, I don't think either of us knew that they would whoop TCU the way they did, much less win by 58 points. <laughs> he did miss the extra point. It was 65-7. to seven. Like, yeah. they won by 58. <laughs> Eight. That's what you do on NCAA in rookie mode or in freshman mode. With Georgia. With Georgia. <laughs> Even with the updated rosters. Like, this is this is nuts what they did to TCU. But that's not the part that bothers me. The part that bothers me is throughout the course of the week. I have people ask me, you really think Georgia could be TCU? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I do. Well, I mean, they struggled with Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio State was a, they were a good matchup. For, for Georgia. Ohio State was a matchup that can give Georgia problems. We all knew this. Plus, Georgia didn't play their sharpest first half. No, they didn't. But they sure as hell played their sharpest third and fourth quarter. And, and like, I'm I mean, sitting there Ohio going. If Ohio State makes a field goal, they win that game. If Ohio State makes a field goal, they win that game. And I'm sitting there going, if you're Georgia, you cannot go through that game and not realize you're playing with house money. Like, you just got new life avoiding that Ohio State game. Exactly. Or avoiding a win against Ohio State. And you had to figure they'd come in and just really be prepared for TCU. Like, they stomped TCU in ways I can't imagine. But I had people asking me, like, well, you know TCU's offense is good, and Johnston's a good receiver, and they got a running back, and and Max Duggan, whom I like as a quarterback. I'm like, that makes sense, because it's you had two great stories with the great quarterbacks. I'm like, um, well, it is Sonny Dykes, and it's, he's he's an air raid tree guy. He He's a Mike Leach dude, and you know, Mike Leach passed away, and it's a big poetic story. Maybe they can hang with Georgia. So what did I do in my moment of mental weakness? I bet TCU plus 13 and a half. Thinking, oh, they can keep it close. They're an air raid team. <laughs> They're still facing the Roman Reigns of college football. You texted me when you did it, and you said, either I'm a genius or I'm just an idiot. <laughs> we got the answer to that question, didn't we? There are about 58 reasons as to why I'm an idiot. Greg, this is the second year in a row. The second year in a row, I go into the national championship game with Georgia playing in it, 
And I'm like, Georgia's the Roman Reigns of college football, but I don't know if it's going to be the way it's supposed to go. I think my exact— You figure out, learn my lesson after they beat Alabama. I think my exact words to you were— Oh boy, you are going against the Roman Reigns of college football. Yeah. And you replied, and before I even hit send, and you said, I know, I'm going against the Roman Reigns of college football. <laughs> I knew exactly what I was doing. And I, in good conscience, still did it. I, because, I don't know why I did that. Because 13 and a half looks so good when they barely beat Ohio State. Yes. And Ohio State lost to Michigan, and TCU beat Michigan. And given what TCU did against Michigan, it's like, well, maybe they can give Georgia a problem. Right. And it's like, wait a minute. They're still Georgia. What are you doing? Here's here's how I knew it was a wrap. When they interviewed Kirby before kickoff. And oh, my God. All he said was aggression. aggression. Like She <laughs> was like, you want to elaborate, elaborate on that? He <laughs> said, we're going to be aggressive. <laughs> yeah. She's like, what do you want to see out of this team in this in this game? He just said aggression. And he said it with a straight face, aggression. I'm like, oh, my God, he's, they're going to kill this He's like, you want to elaborate? The, yeah, I want to see the aggression. I want to see them be aggressive. He's like, we're, then he goes, we're, we're going to go hunt. I'm like, oh, God. And I just texted you and said, oh dude, it's God. a wrap. They are going to sever limbs. When your coach is like, oh, I want to see aggression, we're going to go hunt. And he just says it with the most straight face. Like, almost you're like, is he a psychopath, or is he just that confident in his team, or could it possibly be both? He looks so mad, like, oh my how God. bad how bad they played against Ohio State. He was like, we are going to be better than that. He had this look in his face like, oh, y'all thought we were going to lose to Ohio State? Watch this. So, opening drives a three and out, and you go, interesting, TCU's getting the ball first, I said. Yeah, they're going to take it from them and shove it down, shove their, it down their throat. throat. TC goes three and out. I'm like, never mind. And then Stetson Bennett just goes right <laughs> down the mind. field, runs in a touchdown, and I just text you. It's like, I think this one's over, John. It, it was. It was just. You knew when Bennett ran that that zone read, and there was no one near him, even <laughs> either near him, or like there were DBs that were running in the other direction. Like no one saw him. Correct. They didn't even play the fake. I'm like, how often do you watch this team that you don't know to ra- the, to to play the fake. I mean, there was no one around him. He just took off. Right. I'm like, oh my god, this is this is not good. And then Bowers just ran dudes over, and the running back ran dudes over, and then they get interceptions. And Mc- McConkey's just torching dudes. I'm like, this is not. They had guys wide open all night long, yes. right across the middle. Wide. It was just play action. Oh, tight end wide open. Okay. Blown <laughs> coverages. I mean, that McConkey touchdown where he was literally there was no one in the frame, Greg. No one in the frame. <laughs> Like, wide-ass open. <laughs> no one around him. Like, there wasn't even, wasn't even anybody in Pasadena. No, not at all. And I think that I think that stadium is in, what, Inglewood? Yeah. There wasn't even anybody in Beverly Hills near him. No. Like, how did he get so by himself? And I think that's what we kept texting. And we're like, how, why are they so open? <laughs> like, how is, this, how is this possible? Why are, where are the defenders? <laughs> <laughs> we were in absolute astonishment. You were like, all right, time to go watch Raw when it was 24 to 7. Sure did. I'm like, all right, I'm watching Raw. I'm done. Uh, I had no plans of watching Raw. I, was, I DVR'd Raw. I, mean, I was like, I don't need to watch wrestling. Roman Reigns is a college football one. I got Roman Reigns right here. I mean, is this ever going to change? I mean, these games have been blowouts. There's well, been three good championship games. In fairness, the semifinals were exciting, and I think that's what kind of sucked everybody in. Correct. Because the semifinal games were that good. And I think this is the one part of virtue that I think that in two years I think we'll be happier about. Because 2023 season is the last year will be four teams. 2024 will go to a 12-team playoff. Mm-hmm. And I think that just wet our appetite for what a 12-team playoff could look like. Because now— Instead of just four teams, you have eight more that probably could have made a case as to, hey, we could probably hang, but we don't really know until we get there. So So how many extra games do they have to play? Three? I think it would be, I think it'd be three extra games because you would have, wait, let me think. Did the top four get buys? I thought it was just the top two. The top two get buys. Yeah. No. Let me think about this. Would be how am I not figuring this out? 12 team playoff, mm-hmm. F- yeah. Four teams get buys, yes. Okay, four teams get buys. 
Because, yeah, big four teams would get buys because Penn State would have been in an 8-5 matchup if they would have used the college football playoff system to put together a 12-team playoff for this year. Okay. I want to say Penn State would have been the 8th seed, which means they would have got served up to Georgia if they won their first oh, game. Oh, man. <laughs> like, really? Sure, you sure you want to do this? Um, no, it would have been nuts. But um, That's yeah. the thing. They're going to play an extra game, and then they're going to get whooped by the top four seeds. Yeah. Oh, wait. Was it? I might have gotten that wrong as far as who Penn State would have played, but somehow they would have gotten served up to somebody else. I just can't remember who. But there was a there was a breakdown with the athletic as to how it would have gone down. I'm sitting there going, yeah, Penn State would have got killed. Like, this, would, this would not have gone well. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's – I think it's going to be – Here we well, go. I found it. So they have – the top four would get buys. Tennessee would have played Kansas State. TCU would have played Tulane. Ohio State would have played Penn State. And uh, Alabama would have played USC. Oh, Ohio State would have played Penn State. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was thinking about. Maybe that's who I was thinking about that would have got served up. Ohio, Penn State would have got served up to Ohio State. Maybe that's what it was. But man, it it would not have it would not have gone well. No, not at all. Not at all. But at the same time, like this is what we're we as college football fans have been clamoring for a playoff, and I think the semifinal games gave us that little taste of oh, this is what a more expanded playoff would look like in those first couple rounds. At least it, what it could look like. It, what it could look like. Yeah. And it's like, all right, now now that seed has been planted, and now that excitement's there. Mm-hmm. I think that's why we enjoyed it so much with the semifinal games. I also think it probably probably decreases the risk that we will see blowouts in the championship game. At least you hope the team that survives doesn't get blown out. They're going to get a lot more reps, too, because they're not going to take all those weeks off. They're going right. to play every week now. They're so not going to take be, weeks off. Um, that'll be good. We get more football. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's just like the—I mean, you're playing 15 weeks to play. You have 15 weeks to play 12 games, and then you have that whole month off between, like, where the end of this regular season is and then, like, the the conference championships, and there's, like, a few weeks in December, and then you get to late December, then it's bowl season. Now you have time to space that out a lot better than you normally would. Yes. So you can still take bye weeks in between there. It's just that, like, period between Ohio State and Michigan— and like that first bowl game is now pretty much it, it pretty much goes out the window. But at the same time, you still have an opportunity to play out a system that truly decides it on the field. And you'd like to hope out of a 12 game playoff that okay, if there's one that's probably the prohibitive favorite to win, like a Georgia in the 12 team playoff, they survive. You'd like to think that the other team that survives at least two games, let's say it's a team that got another another team that got a first round bye. You'd like to think of, think of that team got a first round by and survived two games that they wouldn't lose by 58 points against Georgia. Correct. Or whoever <laughs> the prohibitive number one favorite is or whoever the the uh, dominant wrestler of college football is at the time. Because, I mean, I had names for all four teams. I had Georgia as the Roman Reigns of college football. I had Ohio State as the Seth Rollins of college football. And Seth Rollins, even when he loses, puts on a good match. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Michigan I had as the John Moxley of college football. And in TCU, I had it to Brian Danielson. <laughs> and it was Brian Danielson against Roman Reigns. And it went and, about how we expected it would go. And he smashed him, and he stacked him, and he pinned him. There Is Georgia going to be back again for the years to come? Are they the new Alabama? Well, we, we saw what their backup quarterback looks like because he got some reps in this game, and he didn't look too terrible. Agreed. <laughs> Georgia's not going anywhere for a while. Well, they, like, just, it, they just feel so much more different than, like, LSU when they had Burrow. It was like, okay— they had one good year, then they lost everybody, and LSU was never the same again. Yeah, LSU had a, a, a crazy planet-aligning moment of all of this talent on the same team. And Joe Burrow was like the crown jewel of it all. And like, he just the, completed the set. And now with the transfer portal, Georgia can just restack if they want to by way of that or by recruits. But, but, here's the thing. Georgia was the one Power 5 team. That didn't do the that. Didn't portal. do that last year. <laughs> they right. did not bring in a single player in the transfer portal. Remember the stat I gave you last year? Georgia's two deep had more five star recruits than the entire Pac twelve conference. Yep, that's right. They had so much talent. Like Georgia right now is on like early two thousands Miami level, where that team just had like pro bowlers and all pros Ricky starting, Williams. starting and on the bench. Ed Reed, Ricky Williams. It was, it was like Ed Reed, Sean Taylor, 
Frank Gore, Willis McGahee. Like, Ray Lewis go to Miami? Ray Lewis went to Miami, but he wasn't on, he was not at the team. He was gone by then. But okay. it's like, I'm trying to, oh, Clinton Portis was one of those. Yes. Like, they had three <laughs> running backs that had, like, lengthy careers in the NFL. Gore, Portis, and Willis McGahee. Like, are you serious? Their tight ends were Jeremy Shockey and Kellen Winslow Jr. Yeah, that's ridiculous. They had all pros and pro bowlers on the bench. That's what Georgia, like, that's what Georgia is trying to get to. If Georgia gets to that point, forget it. Like, it, it, I've I've had the opinion already that Georgia's already surpassed Alabama. I'd already felt that. And not even just because Georgia was that good, but because Alabama did not look like the previous Alabama. Alabama could go to any place and win. Correct. Not only could they win, they could win, like, easily. They could just go and snatch your soul. They're not that team anymore. No. I don't think people fear Alabama as much. When Tennessee beat Alabama, that crazy game in Knoxville, which was a great game, by the way, I think once that happened, people were like, I don't think folks are scared of Alabama anymore. And they almost I, lost to Ole Miss. Too. They almost lost to Ole Miss. I think the game in Texas is when people started to say, hey, I don't think people are afraid of Alabama anymore. Yeah. And they, they, they somehow won, that, won game. that game. And I think Texas just ran out of bullets, really, because they had right. so many guys that got hurt. But Georgia now feels – it doesn't feel like – early Saban, Alabama, it feels more like early 2000s Miami when they just had so much talent and so many guys went like, think about how many guys went to the pros last year. And they came back and won the national championship game by 58. It didn't matter. <laughs> it didn't matter. I mean, they started with a statement when they blew out Oregon on the first game of the season. It, Whenever they didn't, they lost all those guys. <laughs> they, they just come out. Was it forty-two to seven or some crazy? Forty-eight to three. Forty-eight to three. Like they just come out and just destroy Oregon. It was like, oh yeah, maybe Georgia's okay. Maybe they're fine. <laughs> and there were a couple times when like they played with their food, and they're like, oh wait, we got to get serious. It would just crush teams in the second half. Yeah, they would be. They were losing to Missouri, and it looked like they might actually get upset. And they're like, all right. <laughs> and they're like, wait a minute. We, wait, who are we playing again? Mizzou. Oh, we're, all right, let's just drop these touchdowns right now. This spread's like 44 and a half against a really bad team. They're up like 3 nothing after the first quarter. People are like, are you kidding me, Georgia? <laughs> Why are you dead beating this team by 40? <laughs> this doesn't make sense. And then we realized, oh, wait, they're just like, they're pacing themselves. Because Kirby so, was just like, let's just run the ball every play. Yeah. <laughs> they were doing like Shaq in the first quarter of the season when he was with the Lakers. Yeah. Like Shaq with the Lakers, like, would not play in November, would like, Start to round into form in December, and, like, the Christmas Day game was when you first saw, like, serious Shaq. And even then, he played, like, 26 minutes. <laughs> and, like, he didn't really start playing, like, more than, like, 20 minutes a game until, like, February. Right. You're like, all right, we got to get ready for the playoffs, Shaq. You got to start playing more minutes. All right, I was placing more minutes to go in and play one championship. Like, it, that was how it was. That's what Georgia did. Georgia shacked it for the, for the first three weeks of the season after they, after they smashed Oregon. They had a couple games where they just shocked and like, all right, we're going to go win the fourth quarter. And they'd win by like three touchdowns. Before we break for hot sheet, now that we're talking about Shaq, two, <laughs> two things that we need to talk about. Oh, my God. I know where this is going. <laughs> Number one, he made a bet with Ernie Johnson in, about the national championship because Ernie went to Georgia. Yes. And he was like, oh, they're going to do your Shaq. They're going to cover 13 and a half. Ernie, Ernie, Ernie. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna lose by less than 14, Ernie. <laughs> They're going to cover 13 and a half, Ernie. He goes, if they don't, I'll eat some frogs. <laughs> I'll, I'll eat some frogs, Ernie. If TCU doesn't cover, I'll eat some frogs. So he comes onto the set Tuesday with <laughs> that hairline going for him. <laughs> EJ is off. It was another guy that I'm – Matthew Matt, – Matt, Matt Barry. Not not Matthew Barry, but Matt Barry. Matt Barry, yeah. B-A-R-R-I-E. He goes, Shaq, what do you got there? He goes – you know, it's it's the frog legs. He goes, no, no those legs. are frog legs. He goes, yeah. And he goes, Shaq, that's chicken. He goes, <laughs> he goes, no, it's, it's frog legs. He goes, come on, man, those are frog legs. He, <laughs> Barry picks one up and just, Shaq, this is chicken. Just <laughs> <laughs> that's frog legs. He goes, he goes, you're gonna eat the frogs now on Thursday, right? He goes, well, you told on me, so I guess I have to. <laughs> I almost got away with it too. <laughs> so that's number one. <laughs> number two. Charles Barkley breaking oh the FCC the other day. Are you surprised? It's Chuck. <laughs> Chuck comes close to swearing like every other show. Best show on television. Sorry. It's not even close. And the thing is, like, the director could have, like, took it out, but it's just funnier if you don't. No. 
<laughs> Shaq was like, I'll be for I'll be I'll be part of you fine, Joe. I'll pay you fine to the He FCC. said, I'll pay their whole FCC fine. And pay your whole goes, FCC fine. He goes, Chuck, what'd you say again? Chuck, what'd you say? <laughs> I don't know what's better. When Kenny Smith is instigating or, Shaq. or when Shaq is instigating. Because when it's- Kenny Smith instigates between Chuck and Shaq, it's great. But when Shaq just instigates Chuck to do whatever, it's even better. I think Kenny Fantastic. instigating is instant comedy just because he's <laughs> cackling and trying not to smile, but he's just, you know. He oh, knows, he's fueling the whole thing. You can see it in his eyes like Kenny is up to something. Oh, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's fueling the whole thing. And poor Ernie's just like, all right, can we talk about this game? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Er- poor Ernie has to hurt all these cats. And they're not even cats. They're like rabid feral hogs, more or less than cats. That might be like crossbred with jaguars. And he's like, uh, gotta go herd the cats again. He didn't care. <laughs> they really are paying him enough, hopefully. Oh, my goodness. Best show on television. Inside uh, the NBA, nothing else is close. Agreed. Okay, and then I gotta wrap with this, and then we will break for hot sheet. <laughs> the Mets are Bruno. Oh, God. Yeah, we got we gotta talk about this. Like, the Giants were going to get Carlos Correa. I was upset because I really wanted Carlos Correa. Then the whole thing about his physical comes out, and they go, oh, you know, it's going back to a thing that happened in 2014. I was like, okay, there's nothing wrong with him then, so just sign him if you're the Mets. And Cohen went out and paid him an arm and a leg to come to the <laughs> Mets. I'm like, dude, they actually did it. And I tweeted, Christmas came early. The Mets got Carlos Correa. You sure did. World Series, here we come. Championship. Then it comes out a couple days later that he didn't pass his physical yet again. The Mets found something like, oh, here we go with the 2014 thing again. Like, just come on. Like, he's fine. Play per, the, let him play. For perspective, 20, 2014, nine years ago. Yes. This time nine years ago, I was still living in Fayetteville, Arkansas. This time nine years ago, I was, that's what, 20... Um, I can't do math. 2014. Yeah. Freshman in college. My God. <laughs> man, I'm old. I'm old too, man. <laughs> I was, what, 32 then? I was 32, entering my last year in Arkansas, and I left at the end of July. That's how long ago that was. We're talking about an injury that happened when you were a freshman in college and I didn't even live here. Correct. That's crazy. And that's what they're worried about. So the twins are like... Hey, Carlos, we see that, like, you're having some issues with the Mets. <laughs> We'd love to bring you back. Okay. <laughs> he he tried to date the two hottest chicks in school, and both times something went wrong. So he just went back to the same old girlfriend, and she just took him back. He was like, oh, you'll, you'll pay me money? You don't care about my physical? Okay. Because <laughs> like... she, she, the old girlfriend knows what she knows what the deal is with you all along. Exactly. She's in there going, why'd you leave in the first place? Well, the twins wanted him back. He yeah. didn't want to play for them. He explores free agency. Would have made so much money. Oh, yeah. He'd have made stupid money. And then he had to settle for like a six-year contract and lost so much money. <laughs> I don't get it. I'm I'm gonna be very intrigued to see what happens with him. Like if he yeah. gets hurt, I'm just gonna be like, all right, bullet dodged. But Seriously. if he kills it, I'm like, why didn't they bring him over? <laughs> because they don't have a third baseman now. Like Eduardo Escobar's nothing special. It's amazing to think that with everything the Mets have, they still lack a third baseman. Yes. <laughs> is that the curse of David Wright? Is that what that is? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it feels like that's a curse. That feels weird. It is a curse. That's like a Pirates-type deal to not have a third baseman. That's not something the Mets should be doing. Well, maybe they'll – I mean, they could move McNeil from second base to third base, but now they need a second play, baseman. McNeil can play third. He's capable. But they need – they still need an infielder. They well, don't they, have one. They don't have a second baseman, a guy who can play second? I mean, Gior may, but he doesn't excite me. True. <laughs> He's not Carlos Correa. I mean, but now you don't have to move Lindor from shortstop. Yeah, I'm sure he's happy about that. that he too. was never going to. I mean, he they wasn't were, going to, but still. They were going to put Correa there. If you go to ESPN.com and look at depth charts, Carlos Correa is still there. That really makes me mad. Oh, that stings. <laughs> that stings. All right, let's break before I get more angry. <laughs> when we come back, Hot Sheet, Playoff Edition, Episode 60, the Greg Warren episode. We'll be right back. 
The Sunday Morning Grind podcast is presented by Ethos Life. Get up to $2 million in life insurance the easy way with Ethos. Skip the medical exam and weeks of waiting. With just a few health and lifestyle questions, Ethos approves up to 95% of applicants in about 10 minutes with coverage from trusted carriers. Tailor your policy to fit your budget and get help from licensed agents whenever you need it. Ethos provides instant coverage for more families than any other provider and a top-rated experience customers love. In the time it takes to drink your morning coffee, you can get peace of mind for your family today with Ethos. Welcome back to episode 60. You hear the music, the Greg Warren episode brought to you by Ethos Life. Greg Finley, Josh Taylor. All right, Josh, it's time for the hot sheet. It hasn't been so hot. As we've, I've been saying that all year, though. <laughs> Which is why we're playing like more mild music because the hot sheet has not been hot and it does not deserve hot type music. Correct. It deserves mild. We both went six and ten last week. You are at one hundred and thirty-four and one hundred and thirty-five, and I'm at one hundred and thirty-one and one hundred and thirty-eight. You have a three-game lead as we hit playoffs. I can't season. believe I dropped back below room temperature. I'm ashamed. I mean. There were a lot of just really bad games the last couple of weeks. This is true. <laughs> and bad teams. There's yeah. that also. Yeah. All right. Let's start with Saturday. Seattle Seahawks at the 49ers. San Francisco minus 10. Where are you going with this one? Whew. San Francisco minus 10 against the Seahawks. San Francisco's at home. Yeah. And Brock Purdy starting in this game. Correct. Against the Seahawks, who barely beat the Rams to make the playoffs. Yeah. This feels like a really, really rough trap. <laughs> but here's the thing. Oh, well, the Seahawks are playing with house money. Nobody expected they are playing them with to house be money. here. And they're facing arguably the best defense in the game in San Francisco. Right. Uh, I'll go 49ers here. It, it feels feels like the way to go. So I'll, I'll, I'll go San Francisco with the 10. Okay. I'll hate myself for it later. But no, okay. I, don't, I don't think you'll hate yourself because I think they're going to roll. Looking at the last couple of games, 49ers beat Seattle in Seattle by eight points. Okay. 21 to 13. At home, they beat them 27 to 7. Fair. So, it, it looks pretty good. And that was without Brock Purdy in the in the one game. And there's something on the line now. Yeah, the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, it, there's a there's a much different feel to it. You know the 49ers on usatoday.com is like their number one pick to win the Super Bowl? Not surprising at but, all. But on in Vegas odds, the Chiefs are the, the favorite. Also not surprising. No, I agree. <laughs> not, not surprising at all. I'm going to take the 49ers. They are doing everything right. They've won 10 in a row. It doesn't matter who their quarterback is. They have so many weapons that – I don't think Seattle will be able to keep up. I don't know many teams whose offense and their defense hit you in the mouth. The craziest side I've ever seen, possibly ever seen. Every team that faced San Francisco this season lost the week after. The team that they faced, their opponent, was 0-15 on the season in the week following the week that they played them. (laughs) Had we known how that, is that possible? Had we known that stat, we would have bet against them every week. And we could have bet against them. we could have bet against their opponents the week after every week. I'm like, how did I miss this? The 49ers had to have been the most profitable bet this year. I mean, they be. smacked teams. I mean, they just they would literally walk up and punch people in the face. Yeah, <laughs> they did. They did it on offense and on defense. Like, and it's Brock incredible. Brock Purdy is their quarterback. With Brock Purdy, yes, it's nuts. The 49ers won 11 and six against the spread. The best team against the spread. Do you have any guesses? Or are they in the playoffs? Both of them. Philly. Not Philly. Philly went eight and nine against the spread. Really? Yeah, because they had some pretty big spreads and they wow. went and they didn't cover. I'll give you one. The Giants are the number one team against really? the spread. They went thirteen and four. Wow. Second team. In the AFC North. Cincy. Cincinnati. 12, that's not that surprising. 12 and 4 against the spread. The Detroit Lions, third, 12 and 5 against the spread. Wow. Good for them. Steelers, 10, 6, and 1 against the spread. <laughs> I bet Steelers went with the spread a lot this past season. So did I. <laughs> yeah. I picked them a lot. 
And then there's Kansas City who went six ten and one. My God. <laughs> make that make sense. But they had some big spreads too. Yeah, though. They that's some ridiculous that's spreads exactly like why. And they lost to the Colts. And they and barely they lost beat to the, the Colts. Texans. Yeah, there you go. Okay. That'll do it. As we went off topic yet again. Uh, that's my fault. It's Hachi. We can discuss I spreads mean, with Technically, Hachi. it's still on top. Yeah. We're talking spreads. It works. Chargers, Jags, Jacksonville plus two at home. Jags by 90 on principle 90. alone. Yeah. I'm kidding. But still, <laughs> Jacksonville on general principle. The two general principles being one, Jacksonville is a team that knows what they've done to get to this point, that the run's going to come to an end soon. And they're just playing with they they I really think they're playing with more house money than the Seahawks are. Oh, it'll come to a halt when they play Patrick Mahomes next week. <laughs> oh, of course. But but for now, they're gonna ride that wave while they can. And number two, they're facing the Chargers in Brandon Saley. Why are the Chargers favored in this game? I think because of Herbert and Eckler. People the you know, Vegas is like, eh, they have the they have more superstars. So they're assuming that Eckler's actually gonna get the ball? And isn't Mike Williams hurt because they played him in the game on Sunday? Because they played him in the game on Sunday. Didn't Bosa get dinged up, too? Like, yeah, they got guys hurt. And yeah. It's just like, yeah. how is this guy allowed to do this job? He should not have been an NFL head coach. He did not. Williams did not practice. I, I, now, this is going to be a sidebar. I love how people can try to allege that certain coaches aren't experienced or don't have the knowledge to be a head coach. But Brandon Staley walks the planet as an NFL head coach. <laughs> Jaguars on general principle. Yeah, I'm My taking God. I'm taking Jacksonville as well. Stop that team by ten, please. Sunday, one o'clock. Dolphins, Bills, Buffalo is now minus thirteen. Oof. It opened at ten. Well, if they have no Tua and they have no Teddy Bridgewater, Bills by a couple touchdowns. Yeah, Bills went by like thirty. If they right, <laughs> now it could it could Dolphins. it could actually be Bills by ninety. They could pull a Georgia. <laughs> it's Buffalo for crying out loud. Yeah, I'm gonna take Buffalo. Giants and Vikings. Giants are getting points. Minnesota's minus three. I'll start. I'll take the Giants. Didn't you just say the Giants were the best team in the league against the spread this season? Yes, I did. <laughs> Something tells me I should take the Giants. And it's not just the fact that Minnesota is mid-AF. Because the Vikings are freaking mid. I don't care what the record is. The Vikings are mid. Mid AF, mid average football team. <laughs> right. Yeah. We'll, 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 yeah. We'll say that. If you know, you know. Vikings are so mid. I'm going Giants also. Just like the Jaguars. I'm going Giants on general principle because the Vikings are freaking mid. They should change the MIN, like the abbreviation from MIN to MID. <laughs> oh, my God. The mid Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> the mid Vikings. We should make t shirts. Oh, oh my God. That's the thing now. <laughs> If the Giants win this game, that's the thing. We're making T-shirts. Oh yeah. <laughs> we need kids in pitching. We need is this? We need is kids this in a pitching. Thing? Is this a thing? Uh, we need a bear wood shirt, but not like a actually bear wood shirt. We need like the bear in the like the bear in the tree emoji. Yeah. We need that, and then we need mid Minnesota Vikings. If they if the Giants win this game, mid Minnesota Vikings is going to be a thing. <laughs> Declaring it now. We have so many projects that we haven't done yet. Oh yeah, there's so <laughs> many things we need to work on. I'm like missed opportunities galore. Uh... Sunday Night Football, Ravens at Bengals. Is Lamar Jackson playing in this game or not? He hasn't practiced in like six weeks. Uh, he may not six, be a Raven next 16th season. 16th straight practice that he missed. And it says Lamar Jackson not looking good for Sunday, which is why this line grew yeah. from six and a half to eight He's and a half. not playing. He, he may never play in a Ravens uniform ever yeah. again. I'm going to take the Bengals. I'm taking the Bengals too, especially at home. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely taking the Cincinnati. And then finally, Monday Night Football, Cowboys, Bucks, Bucks plus two and a half. Tom Brady in the playoffs against Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. I'm taking Tampa. Tampa is the two and a half point underdog to a team that just lost <laughs> to who? Oh, not just the Commanders. Do you know who the quarterback was? Sam freaking Howell. They lost to <laughs> Sam Howell, the man who played last season. For Mac Brown. <laughs> Everything always comes back to Mac Brown it, on this show. All roads lead to Mac Brown. <laughs> but, like, what? No. No. But remember what I told you, like, three months ago? That I like the Cowboys better when Cooper well, Rush Cooper is Rush quarterback? Cooper Rush is a quarterback. I'm sticking by that. How many picks do you give Dak until you go to Cooper Rush in a playoff game? One? Two? <laughs> Mike McCarthy's not moving off Dak. He's screwed. He knows it. He's screwed. He yeah. can't move off that. Yeah, now. you're right. It's too late. That's why I don't trust them. Me neither. Which means 
this is the game where they actually show up. Probably. Uh, right? The <laughs> one you write them off is, yeah. Every playoff, yeah. I take the Cowboys. I took them against the 49ers last year at home. I thought the Cowboys would win. No problem. They were dominant. At least this time they closed out miserably, so now I don't feel bad. Like I don't feel pressured to taking them. Dallas is like the Norv Turner era Chargers, where they would win like their last five games to save Norv's job. <laughs> Did anyone get fired at the end of the season? Yeah, LT would Dallas. run for six hundred and fifty yards a game. Right. <laughs> you're you're absolutely right though. Like we'll pick against Dallas just because we don't trust them and then they'll win by like nine. I don't know. Tom Brady in the playoffs. I think Tampa Bay wins. I think I think that like Brady finds a way. Tom Brady is the home underdog in a playoff game just feels like a trap. Correct. It's like, okay, so we're like, what's the real one? We're getting there? plus money with Tom Brady in a playoff I, game pff, at home. I'd be damned if I complain. <laughs> Without hesitation, Bucks. All right, we're both taking Tampa, which means we all we have the same picks for every game. Really? Wow. And this is my parlay for this weekend. I did a, a $20 parlay. To win like four hundred. This this might be a very very fun teaser for all me. money lines. Oh wow! It's looking pretty good. <laughs> if the Jags win and if the Giants win, I think it's gonna hit. That that might be a good uh, tease the line thing for me. Get the Niners down to four. Get the the Chargers to plus six. Buffalo to minus a touchdown. Giants to minus. Giants to plus nine. Bengals to what two and a half and mm-hmm. and. Bucks to minus eight and a half. Oh, yeah. That'd oh, be they'd fun. be plus eight and a half. Oh, well, yeah, plus eight and a half. That'd be a fun little teaser. Looks good to me. I might have to go do that right now, actually. <laughs> On that note, we're going to go. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a good place to end it as we're talking about betting lines and such. Before we go, follow the show at Sunday MOR in Grind. Follow Greg at? At the GFIN. Follow me at Josh Taylor HD. Don't forget the Sunday morning grind. This episode has been brought to you by Ethos Life. We will see you next week, will we not? Yeah. I think we're going to do it. We'll be here. Yeah, why not? Let's do it. Same bat time, same bat channel. Nice reference. I love it. (laughs) All right, we're out of here.